Podcasting from the Star Group, home of the iconic Dressable Lions. This is Beyond the Known, the podcast that takes you a step beyond what you know about business. I'm your host, Paul M. Newberger, president of the Star Group. On today's episode of Beyond the Known, our guest is D.R. Salerno, owner and CEO of Armada Senior Care of Greater Milwaukee. D.R., welcome to the program today. Thank you, Paul. So I got to ask you, so your name is D.R., how many times do people call you Dr. Salerno? Quite often. And I'm not a doctor. I never listened to my mother. She always said, go to medical school. And I didn't. So it's an, actually a hyphenated first name, Dean hyphen Ralph, with a dash in the middle. And I don't have a middle name. Wow. See, I've already learned so much. I guess we can stop the podcast here. Great Very show. Good. Okay. Thank you. Very good. Yeah. See you next time. <laughs> Well, this is going to be a great conversation. Now, I was looking forward to this for a couple of reasons, not the least of which is because home health care, as you know, is a very unique, challenging, yet I have to imagine rewarding career path. You don't only impact your patients, but your patients' families. And one of the things that I'd be interested in are what are some of these challenges that you face in the day-to-day running of your business and how are you able to overcome some of those challenges? Sure, so it all starts with purpose, you know, the reason why you wanna do this. So I started this because of family reasons. You know, grandfather moved here from Italy, he had Parkinson's and you know, we saw him struggle and wanted to do something to help other families avoid the same struggles. So ever since March, however, the whole world changed in terms of uh, keeping everyone safe, both the patients and the clients and also the care team, because that's our number one goal is that we want to enrich people's lives, help them get the care they need, stay home or stay wherever they live longer. But at the same time, you have all these PPE, personal protective equipment, CDC protocols, and we've had to really shift everything we've had to do to make sure that safety is number one job. So specifically, how has this COVID pandemic impacted your business outside of the PPE, outside of you know paying attention to health? Has this helped your business in some way? Has it hurt your business or not even noticed? Well, in it's regard? been mixed. I would say that there's a lot more interest in home care as a result of this because you have more people that don't want to go to nursing homes, don't want to go to rehab centers. You know, you read articles and they say attributed like, COVID deaths are 40% happen in nursing homes. Well, they say, well, what can I do to have my mom or dad avoid that? So I think that home care is more of a central point of a conversation versus in the past is maybe kind of not as important. So we know obviously that home care, what you do every day impacts the patients, impacts the individuals that you serve. But I have to imagine also that this impacts family the family that's around that patient, the family that would otherwise be serving that patient. Can you give us some examples of how the the family is impacted by your services as well? Sure. It allows for that son or daughter, what we call to have a normal relationship with their mom or dad. So they know that person as their mom, they know that person as their dad versus a care recipient. It's like, oh my goodness, I have to leave my job. I need to take FMLA. I need to spend the night on the couch. I need to provide care to my parents. And so we allow them to have that natural, you know, get to know their aging parents in a way that's more natural and a little less stressful. So why Amada specifically? I mean, your field is rather competitive. There's Mm -hmm. a decent number of organizations in your space. So you want to 
you're a businessman, you're an entrepreneur, you want to get involved in a field like this. Why did you choose Amata specifically? So I did a lot of research and I spent about 18 months looking at various organizations, various industries. And what I liked about the Amata people is they're very salt of the earth. They're very focused on what's the best interest and in doing the right thing for the client and also the caregivers. So this was started by a football player. He was a walk-on to the Chicago Bears. His name is Hatafa Jefferson, undrafted free agent. His mom was a CNA. And so after he was all done with the football life, he sh no, she said, go focus on people. And so that's the origin of the company and just very people-centric. And that's what really kind of shone through when I met them. And you might have touched on this a little bit. I'm a huge fan of the topic of differentiation. Maybe mm -hmm. it's my sales training background or whatever, but if you can't differentiate yourself, it's kind of hard to survive in a competitive sure. atmosphere. Yeah. What would you say is the Amada differentiator more than anything else? What really separates your company from all the others? Well, I'll give you a story. It happened two weekends ago. There was a family in need. God gave us a call on Sunday. We met with them Sunday night, and actually we started the care that night. And so speed of response, doing, you know, able to do the right thing for them. Also, so I would say that's one differentiating factor. Number two is able to help the veterans find funding sources through the VA, able to find, you know, if you had served our country, able to find some, we're able to help them understand aid and attendance benefits. And then probably the third is long-term care insurance. A lot of people that have bought long-term care insurance, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. And I think this was my first time I reached out to you about is like, how many long-term care policies do you see? And, you know, we are able to manage out the claim because it's so easy to send premium to the insurance company. It's not easy to get money out of the insurance company when it comes to a claim standpoint. Mm -hmm. So that's probably three differentiating factors. Yeah. Bonus material right there. See, yes, for one, you get three. Outstanding. So what I like about you, DR, among other things, is you don't just work at Amada. You're not just a franchise owner, but you actually have taken on a mentorship role within the organization, Correct. which is pretty neat. You're yes. able to help others, advise others, allow people to become the best possible version of themselves. How specifically have you been able to inspire and assist other entrepreneurs within the Amada organization? Well, so I'm a franchise mentor also part of the Franchise Advisory Council, and I oversee or I coach 12 other franchise partners. So in doing that, it's really sometimes entrepreneur, you know, they get to the point where they wanna make that jump. If they've had a job, if you're a farmer or med device rep, and that you wanna make a leap into owning a business, well, that's great. Well, they understand the sales piece, but they don't understand the operations piece that goes behind the sales piece or they don't understand you know, the caregiver piece to it. But and some people don't understand how they all integrate all together. So it's providing structure, it's helping them understand from like a financial strategy, from an operation strategy, giving them some advice, being a cheerleader for them, being a shoulder for them to lean on or for them to just vent when they need to vent because it's sometimes it's a roller coaster. You do a great job and unfortunately, one thing that you can't control is you know, when any of us pass away. And so you can provide awesome care, but still that could happen. And so just being able to just be like a voice, a sounding board for them. 
And I know with respect to that question, we were talking about Amada specifically and being a mentor within that organization, but, but just speaking more broadly as an entrepreneur yourself, why do you think entrepreneurs in general, business owners in general, professionals in general should have a mentor? Why is that always a good thing for people in positions like that to have? I would say it's a great thing just because sometimes it's also good to get another perspective. You know, it's probably not going to be 100%, but if you can take 10, 15, 20% from one person and then the same from another person, then you really enhanced your, basically it's a skills enhancement for yourself. And so that's where I think that having a mentor, having a coach, it will just be that voice of reason sanity check. Because sometimes entrepreneurship, and that's something you know, Paul, it's a lonely road to success. And so we just want to make sure that we do everything we can along the way. What would you say is the number one lesson you learned about yourself or the number one thing you learned about yourself on your entrepreneurial journey? Number one thing is make it about purpose. Because if you don't seem authentic and if you don't have a drive to do the right thing, people see right through you. And if you're out for just earning more money, and if you're just out for, you know, just like, you know, material accomplishments, it's not going to go very well. But if you, you know, have that authenticity and you're able to solve a person's problem, being there, showing compassion, showing empathy, helping them find an answer, I think is the most important thing. You had alluded to this a little bit earlier, but you were kind of talking a little bit about your why, why you got into senior care, why you got into the field that you're in. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? It certainly sounds like there's a powerful story behind that. Yeah. My grandfather moved to the United States in the early 1950s, and he was a skilled uh, tradesperson. He was a tailor and very precise. He's, He's like the type of person that would go out to the garden and measure cucumbers with a ruler. And making sure that was, you know, oh, no, that needs to grow another half an inch because that's what they do. And so, you know, I got to know him and I used to thread the needles for him because of his eyesight. And so, but, you know, to watch him decline and able to keep him home. And so, but I saw the family struggle as a result of it. And so this was kind of, I said, well, what can I do to help others in that same situation? A lot of credibility there that you have based on what you went through. And I'm sure that your clients are blessed based on your influence because of that. Amada, no secret here. Hope I'm not popping the lid off anything, but Amada has been growing like crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are just popping up all you're like weeds sometimes of the way you're growing all over the place. Can you talk a little bit about how the heck your organization is getting this kind of traction and growing at the rate that you are? It's interesting that Usually from an entrepreneurship, when economies go sideways a little bit, that's when more people are apt to take a plunge. So, you know, it kind of happens at every like economic step along the way. But at the same time, you know, we're, you know, the Amada Franchise Office, which is based in San Clemente, California, is hyper-focused on finding the right type of leader, right type of entrepreneur. It's a larger area than the competition. So there's more opportunity to make an impact and able to really kind of find that right. And, you know, it's been, and that's part of my roles. I kind of, so my franchise mentor team has three people that have just started within the last six months. 
So I don't know if the name Christine Specht rings a bell, but she's the CEO of Cousin Sub. Mm -hmm, She's a friend of mine. We had a conversation about this the other day. I asked her this question. I'm going to ask you the same one. There's a lot of different franchise opportunities out there Mm -hmm. for entrepreneurs, for business owners, lots of stuff to choose from. Why should an aspiring entrepreneur or why should a potential business owner look at buying into the Amada organization versus some of the other franchise opportunities that are out there? So my school of thought, so I went through the same process. I'm going on five years in this. And so one of my things is I wanted to find a recession proof type of a business, something to serve others. And so what I've learned about home care it's also now considered pandemic proof because going through recession and going through the pandemic, you know, we've been still able to serve others. And so whereas, you know, just have to think about all, you know, kind of think about the law of unintended impact or all, you know, think about everything that could happen that people don't think could happen and then say, okay, well, what if, and so when I kind of thought through it is that, well, you know, healthcare, home care, that's not going away. It might change, it might shift, it might be different in the future, but there's still gonna be a fundamental underlying need to care. Whether it be in a hospital, there's been so many Medicare changes and it's forcing, you know, it's kind of, you know, you know the folks in Washington DC are realizing that Medicare has been on an unsustainable spending growth and they're now trying to rein that in and put the more of the onus on the consumer, on the individual to pay for their own care somehow or be more accountable for their own care. So that shifts more to the home environment. And so those trends, when I was kind of considering it, I was like, wow, there's going to be a marked shift in the next 5 to 10, 15 years because this boomer population is still aging. And it's still, we have a lot of runway in front of us. So I know you don't have a crystal ball, but if you were to look into the future, are you liking what you see about the future of healthcare? Are you worried about what you see, what's coming down the pike? What information can you share with us about that? So I think that there's going to be still adjustments to happen. So for example, like home health. So that would be occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech, nurses in the home. They had something come through as called PDGM. So that's basically like a Medicare initiative that changes how they get the reimbursement from Medicare. Skilled nursing, they've had similar initiatives. So I think the focus is still going to be on care because obviously people need to get the care they need to be healthy. But at the same time, it's going to be different. It's going to shift, I think, more to the home environment. So I think part of the reason that your organization has grown at the rate that it has is not only are you guys providing phenomenal world-class services, but you guys have a phenomenal world-class corporate culture, which I don't think all franchises are able to do just because you've got all these different locations all over the place being run by different people. How has Amada been able to create this outstanding corporate culture, but also how are you able to retain and attract your top caregivers? So culture is people. So it depends on how we develop the management structure, how we do our our policies, how we do our process. One thing that we want to show is based on our values, compassion, 
but we want to be urgent. We want to be humble. We want to show our gratitude. We want to make sure we incorporate that on a day-to-day basis. Regarding caregivers, you know, they're the lifeblood of this. We want to make sure that they feel appreciated for what they do. We offer employee benefits to them. That's one thing we started about three years ago now, and that's outside of the ACA requirements because we just thought it was the right thing to do. For So if we can help them care for their family, they would be more driven to basically care for others. We do things like payroll weekly. So we basically yeah, pay them every week, which is a big thing. We try to make it a very caregiver-centric. Two months ago, we had these pins made. It was basically, it was the, the Amada Hands Heart logo in the middle. It was strength and gratitude around the top. And we just said, thank you for what you're doing. Because you now we're going through such a unprecedented, challenging situation out there, but we want to make sure that they feel like they are making a difference, and they are. One of the aspects that you had shared with us in anticipation of this conversation about how did you get to be where you are today? You had said four rather succinct, direct things. Live lucky, work hard, plan tight, and play loose. Mm-hmm. You want to describe that for me a little bit? What do those four phrases mean to you? Sure. Live lucky is the first one. So live lucky is where I think that, you know, you can prepare and you can work hard and then as opportunities arise, that's your opportunity. So, but you have to live with a sense of gratitude. You got to live with a positive spirit that you see the world in the glass half full and you feel that, you know, you're here to do the right thing and you want to make a difference. A couple of times throughout this conversation, one of the words, I'm going to call it the G word that you've used a couple of times is gratitude. Mm-hmm. That's a word that I like as well. Admittedly, sometimes I'm not as grateful as I otherwise should be. It, it does take some discipline to proactively be grateful for the blessings that you have in your life. Mm-hmm. So because you've mentioned gratitude a couple of times, I'll ask you, DR, what are you most grateful for? I would say there's a couple things. Number one, family, you know, being able to you know, have the loved ones that you, that's obviously one of the whys, why we do this. Uh, Number two is able to make a difference and able to serve others. And so that I know that somebody out there needs care, somebody you know, I mean, someone you love needs care, and we're able to help that. We're able to help them. We're able to help the family in need. You know, we want to, number one, enrich the lives of that patient, but also provide reassurance to the family. So that's for all that, that I feel grateful to be in that position to do that. What would you say you're a leader who enjoys serving others, is grateful for the opportunity to serve others, which is kind of interesting to hear, a leader who is grateful for the opportunity to serve others. I wish more individuals looked at life the way that you do, to be sure. Can you give me the traits that make a good servant leader? I would say, well, I know there's a lot of books on this topic and all that, but for on purpose, I've not read those books because I wanted to see, you know, kind of authentically how we do it. And so I would say that we want to really spend the time listening, really understand what can we help solve. And that's one of the most important things that I find is that, you know, listening more than talking is that, you know, hearing people's concerns and realizing that we're not going to be perfect, but, you know, I want to hear feedback. When I meet with a family, I say, hey, look, you know, 
I want to hear your feedback after the first couple of days of care, because we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing for you. We want to do a good job. But, you know, we are people serving people, and I'm not perfect. The people that we're going to have here are probably not going to be perfect either, but we want to make sure that we do whatever we can. So, but it's also helping others get to a place where they can't get there by themselves. And I think that's either inspiring, leading them in a way that it just, it's all kind of situational based sometimes, but it's really providing that closure and resolution to the family, helping them get what they want out of it. When we had asked again, in anticipation of this conversation, one of the questions we had was what drives you? And you had said achievement. You and I are in great company there. Even if I wash the dishes, I'm like, hey, I achieved something today. All right, I can go to bed a happy guy. What would you say up to this point in your life? I mean, you've been a successful business person. I'd say you've been a successful human being. You're just getting started. You're a mm-hmm. young dude. Mm-hmm. But what would you say up to this point has been your greatest achievement? I would say so far, I have two teenager daughters and trying to be close to them and be involved in their lives. And also, you know, understanding where, you know, they have to fill me in on TikTok and Instagram and all the various other avenues that teenagers do these days and you know how they need to have the latest and greatest iphone 12 when they don't really need it but you know they have to make their pitch and (laughs) but it's also really i would say you know building this organization to really kind of expand the scale of not only caring for others but making sure a lot of people are employed you know providing a lot of good jobs for and also one thing that really kind of I look forward to is November, December, because that's when we start some incentives, just, you know, in their time for before Christmas, so that everybody, if they qualify, they receive something. And so that's one thing that really helps because then, then you know that you are helping, you know, make the holidays more special for their families. So I'm curious, I mean, this all sounds great, it sounds like Amada has the secret sauce when it comes to senior care and home health care. I'm just curious, A, are there qualifications for care? Does the patient or the family need to meet certain kind of qualification requirements? And then also, does Amada turn people away very often? And if so, under what circumstances would that be? Sure. So we provide non-medical in-home care. So it's really focused on activities of like day-to-day living, like helping with a bath or a shower, helping to the bathroom, making a meal, getting dressed. So what we do is part of our admission process is we want to make sure that it's a good fit. So for example, if it's a G-tube or something that's beyond our scope, then we try to kind of figure out a solution for the family. And so that, so yeah, so, so we have an assessment that can be done in person. It can be done a video technology we've done. We've done over the phone, especially in the past six months. So we want to make sure that, you know, what we can provide can be is the most appropriate care setting for that person. And so we are primarily private pay. We do accept long-term care insurance. We work with VA benefits. Unfortunately, sometimes the actual cost is an obstacle. We try to be very transparent up front. We actually have a program that we call the 10 program. We've polled social workers and we say, what are the top three reasons why people decline care referrals? And number one is uncertainty, doesn't know what's included. 
Number two is the cost. They're going to be hooked into something in perpetuity. And number three, they don't want to be in their house. So we can solve two of the three. And so we can say, okay, well, we can give you a very upfront. We call it the 10 program. It's a, it's basically like a 10 visit program. Tell you what we would do for each visit. Tell you the cost upfront and say, if you want to stop service after those visits, fine, no problem. If you want to extend and continue, great, wonderful. No, we're happy to help. So we try to make it more affordable, but at the same time, it's still most of the time like a private pay situation, but we still try to find people an avenue if they can't afford the fees. So for example, there's like family care, that's each of the counties in Wisconsin has an aging disability resource office, and we try to at least connect them to them so that they can have another option because we just don't want people to go without. That's the most important thing. And if but we can't do it, then we try to do our best to find somebody that can. If an individual wanted to learn more about Amada, about the senior care category generally, heck, even just have a conversation with you to ask you some questions, DR, how would they go about contacting you? Okay, so two main ways. So the first is our website, which is amadamilwaukee.com, and I'll spell it A-M-A-D-A, Amada. And people, by the way, as an aside, they ask us, what does Amada mean? It's a Spanish word meaning beloved. We've gotten every uh, variation of Amanda, Armada, Ramada. No, sorry, <laughs> we're not a hotel. We're not the Spanish Navy. So it basically, it's Amada, A-M-A-D-A, Milwaukee, spelled out, dot com. And on that site, you can just click to learn more. And on that inquiry, goes right to our office. Or you can call our office, and uh, we'll say the number twice, 262-395-7928. That's 262-395-7928. Our office is in Brookfield. We serve all Southeast Wisconsin. So we have a pretty wide service area. And response times is one of the things that we really focus on and pride ourselves on. DR, you are a talented human being, my friend. I'm very thankful that our paths crossed a couple years ago. You're a friend to me. You're a friend of our agency here at the Star Group. We really appreciate all that you do, not only for our agency, but also the lives that you're touching every day through Amada Senior Care. So uh, it was a blessing to talk to you. Thank you for your time. And well, we really thank you for having me. Absolutely. Really appreciated the conversation with you. Okay, thanks. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Known with Paul M. Newberger. If you like our show and want to know more, check us out at stargroup.com. That's S-T-A-R-R-Group.com slash podcast. We're also available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.